Hey, what's going on? Welcome to this edition of the John Papaloni Show. Today, I have Austin Kerr on the show. Austin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very glad to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you here, man. So I want to start off the show the same way I start off my all my shows is we're going to have a bit of an intro of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Absolutely. So my name is Austin Kerr. I've been in HR and exec positions for about 15 years. Where I'm at right now is I have a software company that deals with HR. Um, a lot of the problems that managers have uh, dealing with policies, employees request, as well as all the standard HR stuff like uh, time off request and employee files. My journey started in software when I started at a real estate investment startup. There was only about four or five employees. I was there from the ground floor, developed a lot of processes. Um, over time, we started getting into developing custom software because we needed better ways to not have to be so reliant on employees. So when we did that, I took that up before I was also doing HR marketing sales. And when I did that, kind of my, my whole world opened up and I realized that using software, I could invent problem or invent solutions to problems that I knew people were facing. So about two years ago, I started taking my, you know, a little bit of my income, paying for some developers, doing some developing myself. And I started building you management as that solution. And then about six months ago, I left my job and am now doing this full time. Interesting. Okay. So you went from employee to uh, employer. Yes, absolutely. That's an interesting twist. Okay. Cause when you said you're in the real estate game and all that, and I'm like, Hmm, why would you leave that? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm like, that's uh, kind of a good uh, gig to be in. I mean, like there's gotta be a story behind this. And then when I caught on and went from employee to employer, I was like, ah, that's why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, real estate is a great industry and, you know, made a lot of money. Um, money is good, but ultimately owning something is great. Also with real estate, the only thing I'll say, you know, I still own lots of real estate. I love dealing with real estate, but in the end, real estate doesn't benefit people the same way that improving the working conditions for people can, right? So money's cool. And then you kind of feel like, all right, what's the impact? What's the effect that I'm leaving? And so that's really what drove me into management more than anything else was that I wanted to, you know, not just have the company I was working at be a great workplace, but I wanted to help other workplaces be better, have owners have a more enjoyable time managing, have more free time and, you know, create that, that great work-life experience for so many. Right, right. But I can argue with you on that real estate point. I mean, mm. I'm an agent. Yeah, right? we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with you to a certain point where in terms of the way that most people use real estate in mm. that regard, you're probably correct. Mm -hmm. But I believe that real estate has a path and opportunity for all to create sure. a, a destination that they could not achieve in any workforce over a long period of time. Now, with yeah. that being said, going to the 20 year old entering the workforce that will be light years away. So your solution <laughs> will be better today. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I think, I think my, my, like, you're right. Definitely on an individual basis, what understanding real estate or what it can do for you. Um, even having like a great, uh, the company I worked for did like an 8% or uh, an eight to 12% return, which is great and helps a lot of people. But there definitely was help. It's not that real estate doesn't help. It was more like, the amount of people that I could help directly, you know, doing one thing versus the other, doing, you know, very uh, select clients one-on-one -on -one versus a software that, you know, just tons of people can use 
and get that improvement. So yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I will agree with you there. If I if I made it sound like real estate doesn't help people, I was I was definitely shooting the wrong tree. No, not at all. I just want you know what I'm <laughs> what we call a crap disturber. So if I see an opportunity, I have to take it. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm saying anything that's false, as you said, there, there is a yeah, truth yeah. to it, right? So awesome. I had to bring it up. I couldn't let it go, or I could. I just wanted to. So awesome, man. I mean, you know, it's all about fun, all about conversation here on the show, right? So Absolutely. with that being said, now, again, you, you're creating software solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the difference? Like, there must be competitors out there to what you do. So it's really interesting. Um, when I started building a software, I wasn't really planning on building an HR software. I was planning on building something just to solve uh, statistics and metrics for people. So I didn't find any software out there that was really like easy, plug to play. If you wanted to keep track of, let's say on your show, your number of subscribers and in that same place, keep track of your number of, uh, of sponsors or the amount of income you're making. There wasn't really one place where you could easily just plug in that number except for Excel. And then you have to do a lot of work to kind of set up those pages and keep them updated. So that was kind of my original intention. But because I have so much experience with HR, I didn't want to stop there. And so once I found a really great, easy-to-use solution for statistics and metrics, I then continued on to uh, handling policies and training staff and then continued on and continued on. And what I found in the HR space, which is kind of like where I sit, quote-unquote, is that most of the HR softwares really just try to handle HR. That They haven't really taken on the bigger challenge of people management. They haven't gone, okay, well, uh, not just HR, but if we're having a software that's going to have all of the employees' information, all of their names, what are some tools that will make it easier for employees to interact with each other and to communicate and know the data that's having there? And so I haven't really found any software that's competing on that bigger game because it's, it's honestly pretty intimidating. The software does a lot. You know, it's a lot of uh, code base to manage. Right. Now, here, like, for example, yeah. if, uh, if, yeah, like, there's obviously going to be a target market, a niche that where this fits, because I can't see this being a solution for all. Um, like, for example, if you have one or two or three uh, employees or four or even five employees, yeah. I can't imagine that even being important at all, like for Not lack of a better description. No. Right. So that's got to fit a certain, you know, size for a certain, you know, scale. And so mm -hmm. my question is, you know, who does that fit? Yeah. So. You know, you, you do a lot of research and stuff into finding where exactly those niches are and where people are going to find the most value, especially initially. And so the way that I, a little bit of a long answer to your question. So the way that I kind of have found it is that when a lot of startups fail, that everyone knows that a lot of new companies, they fail. And the reason why a lot of them fail is because they can't get sales and marketing. They can't get people to give them money. There are a lot of companies that get people to give them money. And that happens all the time. So the next problem, the next reason why that startup is going to fail or that company is going to fail is because they don't have a good handle on employee management. They can bring out employees, but they're not going to work as good as the owner did. They're not going to be able to deliver the same quality product. They're not going to be able to keep the same sales lines in and things start to crumble and they fall as one person, as the company gets bigger than one person and then sometimes implodes. So a company there, I can give you a few uh, numbers. So they're usually the revenue is at least like one mil to 1.5 mil uh, up to about, let's say 10 is where they're still kind of in that problem. They have uh, somewhere between about 15 to 50 employees. That's kind of like the time or the, the space where someone can really jump in, find my solutions, they're plug and play, they don't have to set it up. 
and they instantly have a company that's more organized and people enjoy working at more. So that's kind of like where that market is. I mainly talk to HR people because, not because they're the only people who benefit, but because they're currently worried about the problems that I'm solving. They're worried about retention. They're worried about how padded people are. They're worried about uh, what, what's happening with employees. So those are the people who really see this and go, we need that and that solves X, Y, and Z for us. Right. Now, now I love how you, how you were able to niche down on who it targeted. I love that. 15 to 50 people make sense because I can imagine that there's a lot of big software out there that does a lot of things. In, and, yeah. you know, people with like a Microsoft is going to have thousands of employees. They probably mm-hmm. already have a corporate structure and system there that I can't see them jumping ship to what they already have. Exactly. So, it's probably custom made. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's what I'm saying, right? That's where I was going at. So you beat me to the punch. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, you know, I love that. I love how you're so, you know, focused on that part there. Now, here's my question though, right? Because sometimes, I, like, I don't know, you're saying it's per- to prevent people from jumping ship, but there could be many reasons why people jump ship. Like prime example, if I'm making a thousand bucks a week and I can, uh, I get an offer for $2,000 a week. Not that I can imagine that drastic of a change, but I'm going to jump ship regardless of what software you have. Right. It's very true. It's very true. But would you be looking if you really enjoyed and loved your job? Because people usually only get job offers when they're looking for job offers. Yes, that's right. Now, and that's my point though. So what is that key component that is making them look? for that job. That's where I, where I was going with it. So I love how you brought that up like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I do a lot of research into this. I do a lot of surveys and that's a big part of me building the software. One of the big things that makes someone want to leave a job, right, is there, there's two sides of a scale, right? So I, I, I like to say that there's a quotient between known and unknown that people can have, right? So to, to give you an example, I'm going to bring up a person who lived in a, who grew up in a small town. So you grew up in a small town and in your small town, there are too many things that are known to you. Everything is known, right? So you, uh, you, you know, the, the school, you know, all the people who live in the town, the two restaurants, you know, all of this. And so a lot of people nowadays, they're going to be in that place and they're going to search for a little bit of unknown. They're going to want something to bring a little bit of adventure into their life, to bring purpose, to bring challenge, to bring fun, right? Now, sometimes people will go too far. They'll leave their small hometown and move to New York City where everything is new. Everything is unknown. There's no part of that city where, where things are known. They don't have friends. They, you know, they haven't built these basic building blocks. And those people will shrink and they'll go back to those small towns or they'll be depressed. They won't be having a fun time in their life or in that challenge they're trying to have. So there's a ratio between having so much known and having so much unknown. And so more than just using my software, to, when, if I'm talking to someone who's a business owner or HR and they're worried about retention. There's a lot of things that you can care about, like giving them unlimited sick days and whatever, but nope, you can never pay someone enough to work a job that they hate. You, you can never pay someone enough. They're always going to end up looking for something else. And so in order for someone to enjoy their job, you have to make sure that you've documented and you've, you have established systems for the known in your business. So when someone comes in, they're not overwhelmed by the chaos, right? If you come into a, if you came into a, a, a business and you go, okay, well, who's my manager? Oh, I don't know. It might be him. It might be her. Okay, well, what do I do? Well, uh, you, you have to call people. You need to get money in now. Uh, okay, how do I do that? I'm not sure. Go and figure it out. You're going to leave. You're going to leave immediately. You're gonna go the, I don't even care how much money they're paying. That sounds horrible, right? Um, and so when you create systems and you have, uh, if someone goes, hey, I want to raise, what's that path? Oh, when you manager, you just send a request. 
okay, well, what's my hat? Oh, in key management, you just look at the policies assigned to you. Okay, well, what am I supposed to produce? What's the expectation? Oh, well, look at your graph. It shows what the guy before you produced, you just produce that. Oh, cool, got it. Now there's a lot of known and you're gonna feel comfortable and like you could enjoy that job. So what happens when, you, when someone comes into a company and they have all these basics there is they now have this extra space to get unknown, right? You can now give them challenges that haven't been solved, a new type of client, a new uh, way of producing block. And they're going to be able to dive into that because they know they have a solid foundation. And that's going to make someone enjoy their job to the point that they're probably not going to want to look for another job as long as you're paying them a half decent wage. And if they started, you should be paying a half decent wage. Otherwise, why would they take it in the first place? So that's kind of where key management can fit in and like make someone have a more enjoyable career. Okay, that's interesting. It sounds like a company uh, is disorganized in general. Right? Like, a lot of companies are. Yeah. Okay. I, I can get that now. Yeah. Okay. They're very disorganized. I'm like, there must be some form of a system. Like I can't imagine, you know what it is? I'm doing a lot of assumption in my head and clearly <laughs> with your software, like what you're telling me is that my assumption is wrong and mm. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's probably is wrong. I mean, it's been a while since I've been in that structure where I got to see it for like firsthand. Yeah. What are your assumptions? <laughs> Well, I'm assuming that you go into a company, you're going to get introduced to who your boss is. You're going to be told your roles. You're going to have a some form of an employee manual that will kind of give you the uh, structure of what your job is, who you report to, and stuff like that. Yeah, and so that would be how a company should be. And that's those are all things that key management will help companies do. But you'd be really surprised how many companies making a million, two, three million dollars a year don't have those things in place at all. Because what often happens in a lot of companies... I'd say the majority of companies is when they, when they start, right? Not companies who are 10 years old or 20 years old, but in that first five, six years, someone would have started that company because they had a skill, right? Like you, you're great at talking to people. You have great personality. You know how to present yourself. So you went, okay, I'm going to go and do a podcast, right? Now, when your podcast becomes extremely, extremely successful, you're going to need to pick up staff, right? And when you need to pick up staff, you're not necessarily going to stop and go, well, before I hire my first person, I'm going to go and, and figure out an employee manual for all the rules and procedures that I'm going to need. You're not going to, you're probably not going to, you're just going to hire someone. And you're going to do that as you need people because your objective isn't necessarily to manage employees. Your objective is to have a great show and to have plenty of guests. And so okay. that's how most business owners operate in that first period. Right, right. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. I just want to get something clear. One, so you're saying my podcast is not successful? <laughs> no, I'm no, no. <laughs> I, um, no, but going to what you're saying is I agree with what you're going there, right? I can see how that can happen, right? Because yeah. so basically the biggest problem out there that you're finding is that companies are more reactive instead of being proactive. Correct. So re- you're, yeah. you're bridging the gap between that reaction and proactive, uh, you know, re- you know, movement kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, a lot of companies would like to be proactive. But part of the problem is, is that there are so many things that are shoved in their way, right? So as you start to hire people and you're kind of thinking, okay, well, it's just one or two, I'll get, get to that manual soon. You get a lot of requests and a lot of things. And a big problem is that things in a company change. So it would be nice to think, great, I can create an employee manual and I'm just going to create it and I'm going to give to people and everyone's going to know what's up, right? But everything changes in the manual almost quarterly, right? So yeah. you go, this is our sick day policy. Well, it changes. Well, the question is, well, when your sick day policy changes, how are you going to make sure people know the new one and not the old one? 
And what about new employees? Are you going to take that manual that you printed out and then rip out the pages and put the new one in? Like that, this stuff becomes complex really quick. And that's why a lot of people start these things and then they'll never finish the organization. It's because it's all on them. And so what he management does is it takes it off of them. It says, right. you just do X, Y, and Z, just a little bit. And management has automation that'll make the rest of it really easy to organize, stay organized and keep it in. And so that's where it really is powerful for people it's because it takes that burden and very few things take burden off of HR and execs, but human management does. Right. So, okay. But I, I get that. So it keeps things current and uh, it's almost like up to, you know, real time uh, interaction in a sense versus, yeah. uh, okay, I get it. Okay. Now that, that makes total sense. I, I love this. <laughs> I love it, right? Like, I mean, like you hit some, uh, you know, touch points with me here, right? Like when you described how things were going to happen in my podcast, I'm like, damn it, I just met you. How did you know that? Right? So, <laughs> it's like, a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, you've been stalking me or something. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, honestly speaking, like, it's one of those things that you're right. A lot of times what happens is hiring people is not something people want to think about regularly. Like the idea is you want to grow because you want to help people and you want to build and you want to scale. Like everybody wants that, but mm -hmm. everyone, like when you think of it, you think of it as down the road. So that mindset yeah. is that it's down the road and because it's down the road, you're not preparing for it. You're just waiting. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you can't breathe. You're choking. You're like, I can't do this by myself. So what happens is you hire someone and just turn around and say, Make it easier. And they're going, uh, how? Uh, anyway, just do something, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, in your head, you're going, I know this is where I'm choking. This is where I'm having problems. But it's almost like you're expecting them to read your mind. And it's like, aren't you blind? Mm -hmm. Are you blind? Can you not see where the problem is? No, they have no friggin' idea what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like, how would they see it? So it's like, I, I get that. I can get it. And you know what? That was a very, very a sore point for me when I had my old marketing business. When mm -hmm. I had that business, I remember I was uh, a micromanager mm -hmm. and I hired, like, for example, I got up to about 23 employees, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things. When I hired one employee, I was probably at the pace where I should have hired three. Um, and uh, I just did not want to deal with it. And I got to the point that it was like, working around the clock and I'm going three days without sleeping. And I was like, mm, I can't do this anymore. Right. So, and that's how I ended up hiring. So, yeah. but then again, when you have that much pressure and at that point in time, you need two or three people, like I said, mm -hmm. and you're hiring one. So now you're both choking and you know, and it's like, it takes a few seconds to realize going, we're still choking. What the heck's going on? So yeah. you don't initially think, okay, I should have hired more. You think, well, okay, they're new. They're not learning, you know? And it's like, and it's not their fault. And it's not that they're not learning. Yeah. You mm -hmm. threw it all on them. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it's they need you needed three people, three mm -hmm. people to keep up with the pace, two two people at bare minimum. And I'm hiring one at a time. Exactly. Right? So and again, that like that system would have been so much easier because the pain would have been in the creation. But once it's created, it's set for all. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. because when you're building a business like that, you know, you're you're describing something that a lot of successful people do. That's not an unsuccessful way to build a business. But then on top of you choking, you're having these employees who are also choking. And then suddenly someone goes, well, Christmas is coming up. Do I get that off? And you go, uh, that wasn't even a thing I was on your mind. But now, of course, you have to give an answer. But what, what are the implications? What, what does this mean for, you know, that next guy who comes in, he's going to ask for Columbus Day. Well, Columbus Day, should I? You know, all these things become really challenging 
And one of the problems that business owners have is because they don't have an easy way to write down things and know that it will stay and be, be recorded and it will be easy, they don't write down things. And so one employee asks, do I have Columbus Day off? They go, oh, uh, yeah. And then a week later, another one goes, do I have it off? They go, um, no, I don't think we're doing that. And then they talk to each other and then you have some sort of dispute and it just becomes silly, right? And so that's, that's where, where at the real estate company, I saw that problem happening. Not at, just at my company, because obviously I had some systems to help, but at all my friends' companies, that's what was happening. And I went, this is silly and no software seems to be really trying to tackle that problem. They were solving other problems. There's some, plenty of marketing softwares and, and subspots and Salesforce, but that problem, I didn't see anyone trying to solve. And that's why I went, I should solve that. I think that would be, I would like to do that. That sounds fun, you know? Yeah, well, I had a simple solution. What's Christmas? Mm. <laughs> 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 right? No, I mean, uh, yeah, no, I get the point there. And and you're right. Here's the other thing. A lot of the software out there, it is targeting customers like uh, Salesforce is a CRM, customer mm -hmm. relationship management tool. It's not human resources management tool. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I get that point. Um, again, I, I could see it. Uh, like you said, larger companies, they're going to have their own customs things set up. Smaller companies are going to be too busy to uh, get anything that's long term. So mm -hmm. and they're just going to be too small to be able to fit in. So you got that in the middle, which is perfect. I love that target market. Right. That's that's marketing 101. Yeah, so 100 percent. With that being said, right, like everybody has a moment where they have this big struggle and they doubt themselves and they wonder, like, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? Should I just do something else? Maybe I should go back to where I started. And then something makes them say, no, not going to happen. And they persevere. What was that moment for you? That's a really great question. Um, I feel like I've had a few of those moments, really, because, I mean, to be honest, one of the big challenges of key management is that. It's a, it's a startup, right? So obviously I'm doing this at self-funded. It's not like I have, you know, a whole bunch of clients. I do have some clients who have had some great success, but it's still in launch phase. And so it's really hard for me because I like working with employees in big teams. That's what I have experience with. And so when you're starting, you don't have a big team. And I'm having to do more things than I would feel comfortable. I'm more comfortable training and hatting and, and managing. So that's been one of the biggest challenges um, is the times where I've gone, oh my God, there's so many things to do. And I'm the only one that I can have on budget to do this because I don't want to go more, you know, take a, a big loan. And I, the thing that pushes me through is that belief because I have made companies successfully before. I've been a consultant. I have grown, you know, startups, not mine, but I've grown other people's. And I continue to have that faith that I'm going to grow a company that is going to be one of the best workplaces that anyone's ever experienced. And that, that is like the thing that, you know, I go... No, I can do that. I'm going to create that thing for people and it's going to be amazing. Right. But here, like you're an HR company that solves HR problems, but you don't mm -hmm. have HR because you're trying not to grow. No, I'm trying to grow, but I'm just saying, you know, I, I launched uh, six months ago. So obviously yeah. it's not like I launched and then immediately, because in addition to marketing, I'm also doing coding and solving bugs and, you know. Exactly. You're the, you're, the, you're, you're the Austin of all trades here. Yeah. So are you trying to show people what not to do? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> we all go through that. Let's be honest. Every <laughs> entrepreneur goes through that, right? Yeah, like it's one yeah. of those things that we know what we should be doing, 
But we always, you know, tackle down, tackle down. You know what? Just one more week and I can do this. And then maybe I can go, I'm ready. One more week and I can do that. And then I'll be ready for that. And then it just next thing you know, you're a month or two in. You're like, holy crap, I'm still behind. Right? So, yeah, like we all go through it. And every entrepreneur says, I've never had that problem. It's never been a, a successful entrepreneur. Because, <laughs> you know, like everybody's had it. Everybody's yeah. had it at some point in time. Right? Like it's, and that's why they call it a, um, well, what is it? Uh, oh, I forgot the word I was going to use. You know, but it's part of hustle culture, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I totally get that. There's, just, there's no way around it. And you know, again, you're, you're self-funding it, so that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, it's a, it'll be a great thing later. It's not yeah. as good a thing now, but later, I know that it'll be great. <laughs> but let me ask you something. Do you have a house? A host? What do you mean? Do you own a home? Oh yeah, yeah. So I have a house. Um, Perfect. So- I got a solution for you, and I know a great realtor for you. <laughs> Put it on the market, sell it, take the cash, build up the business, buy better later. So that was actually the plan. So th- this is. Are the, you serious? The, I was joking around. Like. No, no, no. So, so, well, okay, not exactly. So basically, when I was um, looking at launching the business, me and my wife, we bought a house, right? Okay. We bought a house that was in, because uh, I'm in real estate. We bought a house that, that had been abandoned for a bit. And so it needed a lot of work done, right. new plumbing, electrical, blah, blah, right? So we signed up and we got a contractor that we knew, had good referrals, whatever. The house is supposed to be done in three months. So I okay. had some cash. I put it into the house knowing that it would be done. And the value add in that house was high. It was like, you know, yeah, yeah. three or four times my investment. And the problem is that that contractor has sucked. And it's uh, taken a year and an extra, um, the, the things, it was supposed to be three months. We're now at the year mark. It's still not complete. At this point, I'm spending every weekend in addition to my business doing the construction work myself because they've just left. And so okay. that has also made things a lot harder because the, the money I was planning on having to be able to have a little bit of looseness instead of having to put all of my extra time and my money into our house, which will eventually be worth it because it has, uh, you know, two extra units we can rent out and, you know, everything good real estate sound wise, but, and, you know, we can refi, but it definitely is something that was <laughs> the wrong place at the wrong time. I get that, man. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to give you a hard time. I'm just, no, like I said, no. I'm a crap server. And you know what? And, and all honestly, being frank, it's one of, I love what you're doing. I love the fact like that, like you're coming up with a solution that's obviously very real. So, but it's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I like to challenge people, right? Challenge their thoughts yeah, and, and see what the reasoning behind that is, right? Because every, everything we do, every choice we make is a result of something else going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to bring out what that background was. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, I appreciate it. it you know, it challenges me and helps me to, you know, think of things differently. I mean, even some of the questions you've asked in here have also kind of made me think, even just the fact that you're saying like some of your preconceptions about a business aren't the same as my preconceptions. So even if I've researched it, I might, you know, if I'm marketing, I'm talking to someone, it might not be the reality of what, if they haven't faced it yet, they might not have that reality. And so, I don't know. It's, it's been really interesting for me. Right. And that's the other thing, right? Like everyone's going to be at a different platform, a different like stage. Now, here's an example, right? I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've had multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of a success and I've had a lot of failures at the same time. So my perspective on something might be a little bit different than someone starting their first business and coming in, you know, through the gate. They might think they can handle all. They might, you know, think that they don't need, you know, all the extra stuff. Then you have other people who have been through it. And some people overexpand too quickly. They've got enough mm-hmm. to serve 100 people and they're, they haven't even gotten their first sale. 
right? So everyone has different perspectives and they're in different stages in their life. So, so yeah, absolutely. Like that, that's, that's something that, that has to be considered as well. So, yeah. but yeah, I love how you, uh, you know, you gave out your struggle there, right? And, and it's a very common struggle with the, that a lot of people go through, right? Like, let's be honest, we all get into business because we want to grow. But I, I think hiring your first employee is the hardest choice to make because it's always that what if that you're trying to conquer, mm-hmm. right? And once yeah. you do, yeah, it's, it's like making your first million. To make your first million, it feels like you're, uh, you know, spitting blood to get there and you may <laughs> not, you don't even know if you're getting there. Yeah, After you yeah. hit that first million, then then the rest seems sort of like, okay, this is the process for this. That's the process for that. I'm just going to keep going, keep going with the hustle, as we call it, right? And just keep building. But yeah. getting to that first mi- million is like where you start going, mm, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something else? Uh, I'm fed up with this. I could get paid a lot more and I have a lot less headaches than this. And and then we get over that hump. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's the same thing with employees, right? Like it's just that first one. That first one is like that first million. After you get that first one, you recognize what you did wrong. And then when it comes time for that second one, bang, done. Right. So love that. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Now, again, just like everyone has their struggles, there's always a, that moment where we get a win, whether it's a small win or a big win, we get a win that makes us go, okay, I'm glad I persevered. Look where I am. I think I'm on the right track. I'm feeling good. I'm looking, I'm very optimistic about the future and I'm pretty sure we're heading in the right, the right area. I'm ready to go. Then let's, let's mm-hmm. get the doubts out. Let's get going. Right. Have you had that moment yet? I call it the aha moment. Yeah. So I, one of the things that I had, which was really, really great is I remember the first time that I, like when I first started pitching humanity to people and talking to people, it was a lot of friends and family. And so those are some easy sales because, you know, there's already that relationship there. They already know who you are and they have some trust for you. So I remember the first time that I found someone who was a great fit for the software. I did this demo with them and the HR people and they immediately fully got what I was offering. They were just like, this does this and this. Oh, and does it do that? Yep. Does it do that? Yeah. And they went, great. And they just signed up right there. They put in their card into the system. And it was like, I remember the first time it happened, it was like such a rush just to be like, wow, I built this. I spent two years, blood, sweat, and tears. And I brought this to a stranger and they just got it. So yeah, that was definitely that moment for me. Yeah, definitely, man. That, that's got, got definitely rewarding right there. So with that being said, like how, how do you introduce the software to somebody? Like, do you have a website where it's like a demo on it or uh, like, or is it something that it's like individually, you know, like you have a presentation for each individual person? So um, we, I do have a demo video. It's like a five minute, very quick walkthrough of the software. Um, I also have a free forever version. So, you know, for those people who aren't really the target market, who have one or two employees and they just maybe want to keep a track of a few metrics like, you know, keeping weekly their income or their number of support requests. And maybe they want to have a public knowledge base that just has some articles. Um, those people can sign up for free forever. So they can just go on the website, humanagement.io, H-U-M-A-N-A-G-E-M-E-N-T.io. And they can go there, they can just sign an account, no credit card, whatever. They can just play around, use it for however they, long they want. Um, the demo really goes through everything, but really for most of the people, They'll kind of poke around at a few of those things and then sign up for a demo. I'll do a, a nice you know, Zoom conference with them. I'll pull them through, find their specific use cases. Oftentimes, people who want to use the software will only use one feature to start with. 
So instead okay. of me trying to go, it does this and this and this and this, and they're going, uh, right. I'm going to have to get all my employees to do what? Um, instead, in the software, you can just disable features and, and no one, none of your employees will see those features at all. So let's say you only want to use it for clock in, clock out, and you need a great simple clock in, clock out, $5 per user, whatever. You can just go in and use that. And you can just use that and have employees get used to that. And then later you go, oh, well, you know, I do have some um, policies. I want to have some policies and clock in, clock out, whatever. You can then activate that feature and then start using that. So my demos are really based on finding like usually what one or maybe two features are going to provide instant value, get them really set up for that. And then we do a follow-up call 30 days, 60 days later, and then I'll show them some other features. Okay, maybe you want to start using this. You know, let's, let's talk about how this can benefit you. And that's kind of the process. Okay. Now, with that being said, okay, so you have the free uh, forever, as you called it. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the, what's the uh, benefit of, like, how do you stop people from just saying, I'm going to sign up for your freebie account, and I'm just going to keep using it and never buy anything? As I keep, like, is there a limitation? No. Oh, yeah. So there is a limitation. They're, they can only have uh, six stats and they can't add employees. So it's okay. just a one, it's a one person account. If you want to just measure, you know, if you said, great, I want something that, audit, that uh, integrates with all my podcast software and just keep some of the metrics in. And maybe I'm going to write some articles for the future or some policies. You can just do that. And that's free and you can use that. My idea okay. is eventually your company is going to grow. You're going to then go, well, if it does these things well, you know, I want my employees to also have their own metrics. And then you're going to go into that bigger account. But if you stay small, then no problem. You can just use it forever. Okay. No, no, again, I got that model. Now that, that makes total sense, right? And when you get used to a platform, people don't like to change. So that's one thing you, you've tackled. People like to, to stick to what they know, get used to what they know, and they never want to, you know, pivot. So you're giving that opportunity for someone to basically get in there, learn it, and get mm-hmm. used to using it. So they won't even bother with anything else because they've become accustomed. Exactly. That, and it's free. So why not? Brilliant. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Now, how, like when people do sign up, is there a minimum contract? Like, is it like 90 days, 30 days? Is it, you have a, uh, like a 14 day money back guarantee? Like, how does that work? Yeah. So the first 30 days, when you sign up for like the premium account where you can add users, the first 30 days um, are free. There's no charge in that first 30 days. And then after that, um, it's $5 per user per month. Just charge monthly. You can cancel anytime. So, you know, I'm not locking anyone in. Really, I'm betting on the fact that I know that once someone starts using the software and they see how much easier it makes their business, they're just going to not want to leave. And I, I, that's what the stats have shown for me is that my people, once they get in there, right, it's almost to the point, it's funny because some of the people, when they start hearing about, you know, software, someone listening, going, well, that sounds really interesting. Their thought is usually, well, but once I get in there, I can never leave. So I have to make sure I really want it. And it's a little bit of a funny thing because they know how useful it's going to be. And sometimes it's a little bit of a current. But that's where I just say, you know, try the free forever. Don't add any employees yet. Just, just give it a shot. And they'll understand that it is something they need in their, in their business. How has customer retention been for you? Because, I mean, everyone has a different level, right? Like some people are 10%, some people are 90%. We all want 100%, but let's be honest, <laughs> it's never 100%. No, no, it's, it's never 100%. So um, my retention of people, there, there's two retention levels, right? So there's people who have like, uh, use the software for at least two months. And I find that when someone's used the software for at least two months, my retention rate is about 90%. It's very, very high. Uh, that first two months is really where I get the barrier. And that's where I'm putting most of my attention is making sure that like I can ease that burden as much as possible because 
Um, and, you know, keep coming. Well, not only that, but because I know that, you know, I'm dealing with parts of a company that people don't like. Right. Like, even if you know you need policies, even if you know you should be keeping track of your numbers, it's still not like exciting. It's not like sales. I'm not like, ooh, I can make a million dollars. It's like, ooh, employees could just like it a little bit more, you know? So, and it's, it's, it's um, admin work, whatever. So a lot of the attention of what I've been working on innovating and, and making better has been people going in and making it more enjoyable to create a few policies or whatever, because that's, that's honestly the, the weakest point is I know that it's not that the software isn't fun, but it's what we're doing isn't fun. I think it's maybe why there's not a lot of software that does it is because I'm, I'm trying to make the unfun fun, you know? And so that's kind of where I lose people. I would say, you know, there it's a little bit higher of a, of a drop rate. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to have two more questions for you. Then we'll have to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Question one is how do you know you've had a successful day? Um, I've had a successful day when I, oh, that's a good question. Um, twofold because I do sales and the development. One fold would be when I did a push of some updates, when I published some new updates to the software, and then I don't immediately find uh, a bug. Like nobody reports a bug within, you know, that same day. That's a great feeling. That's, Ooh, I did it. And no one had any complaints. It just went well. Perfect. Uh, the other one is, yeah, I mean, any day where I, where I close someone and, and, you know, I hear from them how much it's going to help them, or I get a support request from someone who's asking for a little bit, not like something broken, but like, oh, how do I do blah? Just right, like right. that interaction makes me really excited because I know that they're using it to the point that they care enough to ask a question. And that means that I'm making an impact. So those are the kind of the two sides of a good day. Absolutely. Finally, where do people find you online? So qmanagement.io, that's the website, um, .io instead of .com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, um, twitter.com slash Austin M. Kerr or Instagram, Austin M. Kerr. Um, yeah, I'm around. I'm, I'm always happy to talk, always happy to give some advice. Anyone who's having problems with employees. Uh, although Qmanagement is not, it doesn't have a lot of employees right now. I have managed lots of employees. I once managed 300 employees at a theme park. So I definitely can understand your problem. I'm very happy to give you some advice. Fantastic. I want to say thank you for uh, being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. If you like what you saw, you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below.